welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I'm Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. For our exploration today, we're asking the question, what does your psychometry tell you? It's probably not the first question someone will ask you at your business mixer, during a church picnic, or even on a date. But you should ask this question of others more often. Not only is it a fascinating subject, if the person you're asking has an answer for you, you can learn a lot about whatever you're interested in regarding psychometry. How's that? First of all, psychometry is the psychic ability to hold or touch an object and gain direct information from that object. Being a psychic ability, it's an ability that we all have as souls. Of course, just like any ability that we all have, we'd have to be interested in it and learn to use it to become proficient with that ability. For example, we all have the ability to learn a language, but unless we are willing to do so, we probably won't. Yet a person who is interested and committed enough can even become an expert in multiple languages, and we know a lot of people who are. I'm not one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Like most of your psychic abilities, psychometry comes from using your awareness in a particular way. That means as you use this ability, you become aware of information directly from whatever object you are holding in your hand or touching. Not only is this fascinating, but it can be quite useful. In fact, pretty much everyone uses their psychometry on some level regularly, but are seldom aware that they are doing so. For example, how often have you picked up an apple or orange and wondered if it would be sweet and juicy? How often have you put one fruit back in the bin in the produce department and opted for another one? What made you make that decision? Or have you ever shook the hand, shaken the hand of someone you didn't know in greeting and immediately felt comfortable or, on the other hand, perhaps suspicious? Where did you get that information? Or you were massaging your friend's shoulders and your friend asked you a bit surprised, how did you know exactly where my shoulder was the sorest? Some people follow their nose, but others might follow what their hands tell them. Books and magazines are not the only things you can read. Psychometry is a way of reading the energy and information in an object to gain information. This is fascinating. The term psychometry was first coined in 1842 by an American physician and professor of physiology at the Eclectic Medical Institute in Covington, Kentucky, a man named Joseph Rhodes Buchanan. Apparently, Dr. Buchanan intended the word to mean measured by the soul, since he combined the Greek word for soul 
from which we get psyche, and metron, which means measure, and came up with psychometry to to refer to one's ability to hold an object and derive information from that object. He proposed a new science whereby knowledge would be acquired directly by the psychometer or the instrument of the soul. He promoted his new science from the 1840s on, and in 1893 published a comprehensive treatise called Manual of Psychometry, The Dawn of a New Civilization. In his writing, he predicted that psychometry would revolutionize every other field of science. No such luck, actually. Although he was himself a medical doctor, he denounced the schools of medicine of his time as educated ignorance and promoted psychometry as a superior science and a way of procuring knowledge. About psychometry, he wrote, I, the mental telescope, is now discovered which may pierce the depths of the past and bring us in full view of the grand and tragic passages of ancient history. He pursued the idea that all things give off an emanation and that objects from the past hold in the present intimate knowledge of history. He also wrote, the discoveries of psychometry will enable us to explore the history of man as those of geology enable us to explore the history of the earth. A scientist way ahead of his time, Dr. Buchanan, realized that knowledge gained by the direct intuitive knowing of psychometry could be applied to every branch of science, as well as profoundly impact philosophy and the arts to bring about a transformation of society and greater enlightenment for humanity. It's interesting that Michael, I'm talking about Michael here, Michael predicted from as far back as the 1970s, that the next major advance in science would have to be that of a soul-based clairvoyant science. While Dr. Buchanan was passionate about psychometry to help humanity progress in its understanding of its history and the nature of the universe, one of the more common ways a person might use psychometry is to hold an object belonging to a particular person and pick up information about that person. But the information the psychometrist gains from holding an object isn't limited to information just about the owner of the object. Any information that is imprinted in the energy field of that object can be accessed by the psychometrist, such as where the object has been, or even where, when, and how the object was made, and even what cave or ground some of the materials came from. Psychometry has also been used in relationship to gaining information about the history of archaeological finds. It has been used to access information in criminal cases, such as finding out information about who committed the crime or what the criminal's intent was in doing so. It has been used to locate the murderer or to discover where the body was buried. Sometimes the whole history of an object can be traced by a good psychometrist from its creation to its owners, travels, and anything else of interest. Everything in this universe, of course, is energy. Energy has various attributes, of which one is that of imprinting. 
Information and consciousness can be imprinted upon the energy of objects since the object itself is a structure of energy frequencies. It's scientific, actually, if you think about it. Other energies, such as thoughts, emotions, ideas, conditions, and events, can be imprinted upon the field of energy. The famous Dr. Emoto in Japan gained international renown for his experiments and discoveries about how human consciousness and energy profoundly changed the crystalline structure of water, cooked rice, and other substances. And everything is a field of energy. When an automobile accident happens on the freeway, unless someone neutralizes the energy imprint of that event and clears it away quickly afterwards, the chances of other accidents happening in that immediate area become much higher. Personally, I've seen or later heard about in the news multiple accidents happening in the same area on a freeway within a few days following a major accident in the same place. That energy pattern has been imprinted in the energy field of that part of the road, and it made it easier for others to get stuck on that pattern of having an accident. Well, a similar thing happens if there's a uh, any kind of an intense emotional outburst somewhere. It could be anywhere like in a room in a house, a popular restaurant, or a store. <coughs> For example, if a couple gets into a heated argument in a room and ends up screaming angrily at each other, chances are that if several people came into that room right after the couple left, one or more of them may suddenly become angry or argumentative, right? Just out of nowhere. (laughs) And on the other hand, if, if a person knew how to clean up the energy of such events and reset the energy of that space on a higher, happier level, others who may come into that room may match the more positive vibrations and their mood may be lightened up by it. Oh. You know that saying, the wall has ears. It could mean it could mean in in modern days <laughs> it could be it could mean be careful what you say be in this room because we're now you know being bugged with surveillance equipment. <laughs> That's just about all of us at this point, right? <laughs> Anybody who owns a cell phone, yeah. anyway. <laughs> they're very smart. I heard. Okay. Anyway, uh, or it could mean because someone may be able to hear us from the next room. Or it could mean, ah, because everything takes on the imprint of our energy and conversation, and a good psychometrist could find out what we said, even if that person's not in the room at the time. Huh. It's like having a recording. There's another saying, I wish I could be a fly on that wall. (laughs) That always cracked me up because that generally refers to someone wanting to be an unnoticed fly on the wall in a room where people are discussing private or secret or, you know, important things that's not public, right? And that person's interested in finding out about it, whether it's on a gossip level or whether it's on a state secret level or whatever. So, oh, gee, wouldn't I want to be a fly on that wall? Well, that saying made me laugh because if you were a fly on the wall, I I think 
you wouldn't care less about what anybody was saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Flies are smarter than you Yes, think. flies could be smarter than we think. Okay. What's more interesting is that anyone actually can be that proverbial fly on the wall and find out what happened or what was discussed in a place or around some of the object, whether it's a wall or a statue or a ball or whatever it is. Rather than wishing if only these walls could talk, you could use your psychometry and discover more of what have what might have happened there. Huh. Objects can retain its history in its energy field. This imprinting quality of energy also works a little like overriding on our computer hard disk, right? How are computer experts able to recover data on a hard disk that the user had already deleted? Or so we think. <laughs> when we simply delete data on our computer, we no longer, you know, we don't want to keep it on our disk drives uh, and so that we have more space and all that kind of stuff. The computer simply writes over that data with new data so we can't easily access the old data that we, quote, deleted. But it's, it's not really gone. It's, it's not erased in the real sense of that word. So, so if, you know, it's not getting rid of the old data, it's just covering up with like a fresh coat of cyber paint. So an expert who's, a, who's you know, would be able to carefully take off that new coat of paint, so to speak, to reveal the data that was covered over with that new layer. Whereas those of us who don't have the know-how and requisite technology to do that wouldn't be able to access that data once we delete it. A similar thing happens with psychometry. Some information that's been imprinted in the energy field of an object, like, say, the wall in a hotel conference room. I mean, there's so many people going in and out of those rooms and so many conversations, so many things, so many emotional upheavals. Everything happens. Boredom. And and boredom. (laughs) A lot of boredom. boredom. That's why they call them boardrooms. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so it's, in a sense, data is being that's that's imprinted in those walls are constantly being overwritten by new layer of information new group of people come new meetings new weddings new you know uh, birthday parties whatever conferences so so much information is overwritten constantly that you might not be able to to access uh you know the specific information that that you're looking for right on the surface right So the information you might get when you first put your hand on that wall, if you just do it randomly, can be perhaps the most intense thing that happened in that room shortly before your arrival. In a place with so many layers of varying information, it could be the hunt for the proverbial needle in the haystack if you are looking for some specific information from a specific time and event. The great news is that When you are practice enough, you can tap into the exact information that you're looking for amongst that vast amount of information that could be imprinted on such a very public, you know, always people around object. Even though psychometry involves you holding the object in your hand or touching it with your hand, you access the information through a combination of your chakras. 
The hand chakras, the energy centers in your hands, the palms of your hands, the crown chakra at the top of your head, sixth chakra connected to your third eye, and depending on the person, other chakras like the clairsentience function in the second chakra could be used too. So most commonly, your hands and your hand chakras provide the interface for downloading the information from the object energy field. But it's not actually limited to your hands and your hand chakras. You can stand on a spot and use your psychometry through your feet as well. You can have a lot of fun with psychometry in many different ways. When I was in my 20s, I was with my teacher on someone's property who was wanting it doused. And for those of you who've never heard of dowsing, dowsing is an ancient psychic practice to locate underground water oftentimes, or other hidden liquid or mineral deposits, traditionally through the use of a forked twig, or these days with manufactured copper dowsing rods. The dowser walks around the property with a dowsing twig or rods, and where there's an underground reservoir of water or some other mineral or whatever they're looking for, the twig or the rods move in certain ways. So it works a little bit similar to using a pendulum. You know, you've seen people or you've done it yourself, use a pendulum for yes and no questions. Is this the, you know, and the pendulum swings in a certain way. And once you establish which swing is the yes and which swing is the no, then you can answer a lot of questions without intellectualizing it. It's not trying to intellectually figure it out, but, oh, intuitively, the answer is given. Huh. Well, my teacher said uh, uh, one day, hey, tomorrow we're, we're going to do this a little differently when we were at the, at the dowsing place. We're coming to our first break, so I'm going to interrupt Michael's story. He will continue it after the break. But this is where we give our little announcements about what we're doing. We're at our first break, and there's still time for you to sign up for our next teleclass. Whose problems are you taking home? Energy work to heal yourself from your work. And this is part of our You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think teleclass series, which is open to everyone. And it's coming up this Saturday, September 25th, and it's 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time. Or if you can't attend, you can always get the recording afterwards. Learn how to clean up your psychic space for from all the energy you deal with at work and be healthier, happier, and more present when you're at home. For all the details and to sign up, go to our September events calendar section at michaeltamura.com, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-T-A-M as in Mary, U-R-A.com, or call our office and speak with our wonderful assistant, Noel at 530-926-2650 during normal business hours specific time, Monday to Friday. We'll return in just a couple of minutes, and Michael will continue his story. And we will continue with What Does Your Psychometry Tell You? Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you love living the miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. 
Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tamora. Beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone. We've been exploring the subject of psychometry, your innate psychic ability to touch or hold an object and directly gain information about it or its owner. So what does your psychometry tell you? Let us continue finding out. We were actually getting on a little side trip about um, dowsing yes. in regard to psychometry. And Michael was about to start a story where uh, his teacher said, hey, tomorrow we're going to do this a little differently as, as yes. in when- uh, when my when my train of thought was so rudely derailed. <laughs> <laughs> what was your train? Of oh, that train left already. Oh, so okay. I, <laughs> but anyway, yes. Whenever my teacher started the conversation with "Hey, Tamora," uh, <laughs> it was you know you were in for a little bit of a ride. Yes, I, I was in for a ride. So it's always really great it's it's you know a whole new experience well so he starts off hey to run and and uh we were at this man's uh, property you know large property and and i guess he somehow knew my teacher and uh asked him if if we can come and douse his land because he needed to uh uh dig a well and and he wanted to dig the right place. And then dowsing was a lot of times used. There it's are, still yeah, used, actually. Yeah, there's a lot of professional dowsers, some who consider themselves psychic, others who are completely, you know, no, this is a science and, and an art, and it has nothing to do with psychic abilities. But regardless of their background, the expert dowsers, they're, they're tremendous, you know, a lot more accurate in, in some ways than... than um, Somebody who does it, you know, uh, with equipment and all that. But anyway, now nowadays they also have equipment to be able to get far down there to decide, oh, yeah, there's water, enough water here. There's enough gold, <laughs> coal, whatever, yeah, oil. So anyway, uh, we were asked to come and douse his property for, for water. 
So my teacher says, hey, Duran, and we're going to do this differently uh, this time. So I was ready for a new adventure and told me, forget the dowsing rods. We, we, I brought dowsing rods and everything. But he says, forget the dowsing rods. You're going to be the dowsing rod. <laughs> you, <laughs> and me, and tomorrow. me. Yeah, tomorrow <laughs> you're going to be the dowsing rod. I said, Hmm. <laughs> okay. So I, I imagine myself with my arms, you know, in a Y formation, <laughs> like a dowsing twig, you know. Uh, but I thought, no, he's not going to pick me up or anything. So <laughs> I wonder how this is going to work. And then, so then he says, okay, all you have to do is just walk around the property, just randomly walk around, cross in circles, whatever you want to you know, do just walk around this property. And, and whenever you get an impression of some large enough liquid deposit below you through, you know, through your feet chakras, uh, just raise your, uh, which was raise your right hand. If it feels like pure water and then if you're walking around and all of a sudden you, you experience that there's some kind of other deposit under your feet, but it's not pure water, then raise your left hand. Okay. So, so I thought, well, that's simple enough to follow. <laughs> so I walked around the property doing that for about mm, half an hour or so. Well, during that time, my teacher, uh, who's a lifelong clairvoyant, yeah, one of those people who never lost his full clairvoyant abilities from the time he was a little baby, practically. And he was what he was doing was while I walked around, stopping here and raising my right hand, my left hand, or whatever, he was reading the changes in my aura. So he he got a basic. Uh, what would you say, a test strip <laughs> of my aura by looking at me at, before I raised my hands or stopped or anything like that, just walking around and he saw a certain kind of aura and certain colors and certain patterns. And then whenever I stopped and raised one of my hands, he'd make note of uh, what happened to my aura. How did it change and, and what did it change to? And he told the property owner, uh, you know, uh, who wanted to find where to dig and everything to take notes on what he was saying as as he said it. So he was writing down notes. And then my my teacher noticed first that that whenever he saw uh, reachable water supply himself, you know, he's tremendous clairvoyant. So he's looking to see where where water supplies are big enough for the guy to dig a well and, and have a long-lasting well. He told me afterwards that that whenever he saw a reachable water supply for the well, it's I invari- invariably stopped there and raised my right hand. And whenever he saw some other substance, some of which he had a good idea what that might have been, and other times he wasn't quite sure what it was, but it certainly wasn't water, I would stop and I raised my left hand. So we were right in sync in terms of what was down there. He also said my aura colors consistently changed in the same way when I raised my right hand for water. But when I raised my left hand, he said sometimes my aura changed in a certain way and other times it changed in another way, which 
to him meant what I was tuning into down below me when I raised my left hand was not water. And sometimes it was the same substance because my aura turned the same way. But other times it was different substance from that. So he, he saw several particular things that, that whenever I left my uh, raised my left hand about. So we had a good discussion and, and the, the guy who asked us for this information was you know taking down all the notes and everything. And we later heard back from the man after we left and a few days later, whatever it was, he called my teacher back and he was now a happy and proud owner of a very productive well. <laughs> a water well. Water well, yes. So we joked a lot about, what, did you see any gold down there? (laughs) (laughs) Or oil? (laughs) Uh, So that was a lot of fun. It was a collaborative process of psychometry, dowsing and aura reading. And uh, so it was was a great way, just a fun way to do it. And if somebody really wanted to develop that way, I'm sure they could, right? But it, it takes more than one person. We could have done any one of those things and got this man a good result. But this way, it was, we had a lot more confirmation. You know, whenever there's two or more people doing something, you know, you get to consult and confer and it's, it's more reliable. That was a fun way to play with a type of psychometry on my part. But on an everyday level, I tend to use my psychometry during much more mundane tasks. Uh, I always rely on my psychometry when I'm grocery shopping, for example. I hold and touch the avocado or apple or watermelon, and I psychometrize it to see if it's fresh and tasty, right? So (laughs) if you want to collaborate with me on a a grocery shopping trip, uh, you you just watch me do that. And and if you see me starting to drool, that means means it's really sweet and and tasty. Michael doesn't really drool in public. <laughs> yes, I, I only drool in private. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He anyway, doesn't grocery shop very often. No, these not, days. These, <laughs> not these days. So I also psychometrize many things that I'm considering buying, aside from groceries and stuff. If I'm in the store in person and I can actually touch it, you know, it's hard to do that. That type of psychometry online. <laughs> but I get whether the product is well made of quality material and durable, right? So nowadays, you know, you can, there's so many lesser quality, cheaper, but lesser quality stuff that looks about the same and, and supposedly does the same things. But, but I want to get it for, you know, the least expense, but with the most uh, uh, quality, right, and durability. Something could be very nice and works fine for one month, and then it dies. It's it's not going to be worth it. So that's what I psychometrize equipment or or things, objects, you know, products of some sort uh, before I buy it. I hold it or touch it, and then I go, yeah. And then a lot of times, like if you're going to a, a big store that has multiple of the same exact item uh, on the shelf, like a Costco or something. Then if I touch one box and then the next box and the next box, oh, this one. 
because sometimes I'll, I'll touch uh, one box and it's been, you know, handled a lot by all kinds of people yeah. and dropped and, you know, you get that kind of information. And then the next box is, oh, this is, you know, new. It's, it's much less energy of everybody else's on it. And it seems like, you know, it's in good, good shape in what's mm-hmm. inside. So do that naturally. And I think a lot of people do things like that, but they don't, they're not consciously aware that they're using their psychometry ability. Mm-hmm. And of course, one of those things, you know, if I'm looking at appliances or furniture or something, not only quality, but, but is it going to be reliable for the long run? Yeah, that's what I'm psychometrizing for. So you can psychometrize for, for a lot of different things, you know, and sometimes it's just general, hey, does it, you know, is this is good enough or not? That's fine, too. Ah, so a lot of that on the shopping spree is, is, you know, is this something, this product worth buying? Worth the amount I'm paying for it and all that kind of stuff. All right. So just like picking one apple over another in the bin, you know, you can just go, okay, this one, not that one. All right. I can generally pick the one that's going to last the longest or is pretty good, reliable one, and it's not going to turn out to be the lemon in that batch. Unless, of course, it is a lemon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then I, you know, I want to make sure this is, this looks like a lemon, smells like a lemon, it better be lemon. <laughs> but all other things, I don't want the lemon. Okay. I also use my psychometry when I cook. Yeah, so now we're not in the grocery store, uh, but we're we're gonna we're gonna cook. I'm gonna cook, and since I'm generally not good at following recipes, I don't do that kind of cooking very often. I use my psychometry to pick out what goes into the dish, right? So I use my psychometry in that way. I can taste when when I do that. I'm holding the the veggie or the fruit or or condiments, you know, herbs, spices, whatever. I hold it in my hand and and I can taste it. I can taste okay. Is this going to go well with that? And I can taste it and go, yeah, yeah, that's going to work. Or, oh, no, that, that's not going to work very well. Okay. And how much of it? Just a little tiny bit of this, you know, herb or a whole lot of it. That's the stuff I use my psychometry to, to make decisions about. My first conscious experience of using my psychometry was long before I ever heard the word psychometry or what it was. When I was about 8 to 12 years old, I used to give my parents and grandparents and others who wanted, wanted it massages. And many times when I was about 8, 7, 8 years old, I would sit next to a blind Japanese massage healer we called Amma-san as he or she gave a massage to my grandparents when they were visiting. That's one of the favorite things they, they did when, when they were around. Then I start to practice what I learned observing them. And when, you know, these are blind people, so they didn't rely on their, their, their outer vision. I'm sure they did on their inner vision, but they got so much information from their hands. I was aware of that as a child. And so whenever I placed my hands on someone, I would start to see and feel and know where to move my hands and what to do. That's one of my favorite things to use my psychometry for, healing. Mm. Yes, Michael 
a lot of times will give my shoulders a massage and he knows just where it's going to hurt the most. (laughs) (laughs) It could be used for, you know, torturing. (laughs) Yes. And um, I had a lot of experiences, too, as a little child, not knowing the word psychometry. You know, it's a fancy word, um, but it's something we do all have. And I remember being with a group of friends of mine uh, early on. I think I was in my uh, late teens, and I was with a group of friends who were all interested in psychic stuff. And this was in the early 1970s, so we were a little ahead of our time, I guess. And um, they were talking about being able to see inside the body. So one of them, we were just in this room together, a bunch of us friends, and um, uh, one of them just guided us, had us close our eyes and I put my hand on my own arm, my right hand on my left arm, and suddenly I was seeing all blue. Then I saw the lines of um, the bones, and then it came in really clear as if someone had had just, uh, you know, like binoculars, and it turned it until it was amazingly super clear. So that was one of my early experiences. Well, we're coming on our first break here, our second break, actually, Yes, we've already been talking for a while. So if you haven't already, please mark your calendars, especially our German and English-speaking friends and students in Switzerland, Germany, and elsewhere. Since we still couldn't get to Switzerland this year, we're offering our annual Morsage Switzerland Retreat as an extraordinary online Zoom seminar from Saturday, October 9th to Monday, October 11th. The overall theme for our whole Zoom Retreat seminar will be The Path of Awakening, Your Compassion, Clairvoyance, and Creative Expression. You will learn to cultivate your compassion to release past suffering, develop your clairvoyance to see truth more clearly, and forgive the lies in your mind, and you will learn to express more of your true soul creativity. Michael will teach in English with immediate translation into German. Check our website, michaeltamora.com. For details in English, along with contact information for the event organizer. Find out all the details and sign up online at the Forum Imlicht website, which is www.imlicht, that's I-M as in Mary, L-I-C-H-T dot C-H. That's imlicht dot C-H, or contact Wolfgang Jaeger in English or German at forum at imlicht.ch. In just a bit, we'll continue with What Does Your Psychometry Tell You? We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must-read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tamora. 
beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. If you love living the miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Great to have you back. What does your psychometry tell you? That's been our question and topic for today. And we have had someone waiting on hold to ask us a question. Tricia from beautiful Bend, Oregon. I've been there before. Uh, let's have Tricia. Hi, Tricia. Hi, Michael and Raphael. Hi, Tricia. You have a question for us regarding our subject? I, I do. Um, I love the topic of psych- psychometry, and I hadn't thought of this. I did go through a clairvoyant, clairvoyant training program, uh-huh. and we had this subject, but I don't think of it often. Um, mm-hmm. But I had a robbery happen at my house, and somebody stole a large sum of cash out of my safe. Mm-hmm. And I love this idea. So I, I've sat in meditation right when it happened and discovered through that that which door they came in, for example, ah. lighting up in my space. Yes. But I haven't been able to, I have a suspicion of who I think it is and mm. it could be someone next door. And so I'm, I wonder if you had any tips, like I thought from your topic today, I thought, well, if I touch the safe maybe, or hold the key that went to the safe that they found, Yes. That maybe I might be able to tell, but I'm having trouble being neutral because yes. of, I guess, you know, there's the betrayal and the violation and then the fact that I think it's someone I, I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do you have any yeah. tips if you're unable to find neutrality? <laughs> well, it's great because this is your opportunity to find neutrality, which which will help you. You know, it's it's not going to uh, necessarily catch the person who did it or anything, but the first for you, the most important thing, aside from getting it back or seeing, you know, who, 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 who took it, is for you to be free of that. Like you said, you know, the whole feeling of betrayal and, and having your space and privacy invaded and all kinds of stuff violated. That, that you don't want to, you don't want to carry that over, right? So, so this is a great opportunity for you to. Uh, you, you've learned to to uh, ground yourself and and put put things you know be able to blow the pictures and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Yes. So not that great. I'm doing it that well. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no. It's it's. Remember, there's no effort, so don't try to do it. Just just do it, and you'll find it starts to work. And the other part of it, in terms of the psychometry is if it was a safe with a key and they found the key and used it and they left the key, then the key probably would be the, one of the best things to hold. 
Do you have another clairvoyant uh, you, who, who is near you and you can work with or, or even on the phone? Because one I of the things you... I have a few people look at it. Yeah. yeah. Nobody's well, held you, anything to try. Well, you can, but, you can mm-hmm. do... You know the story I told about my teacher and, and myself and the dowsing and all that? You could do a similar thing yeah. where you hold, the, you hold the key because it's your key and it's your house and your uh, situation. And you hold the key and you do what you do with your psychometry. Just tune in to what's the impression in that key. And the key will have, at least during the time that they were using it, to open the safe. And, and just specifically, because the key also has all kinds of other energies... Just hold the key and and ground yourself and just look to see. Just ask for okay, who's holding the key when the 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 safe was open? Because is there any other person that uses that key to open the safe besides yourself? No. Okay, then that that will make it great. So you'll if it's not you, and you'll start to see the face or description of the the person. Uh, that's, you know, it's going to be fairly convincing. And what you could do to get more of your certainty is once you, let's say you hold the key and you get a picture of a, a dark haired, wavy man, you know, whatever age, 30 ish or whatever. And, and you go, okay. And maybe you recognize this person or don't recognize this person. And you just put that in the rose, that image in the rose that you saw, explode it. Let it completely go. Find your space again. Come back into total neutrality and, and present time. And then do it again. Put, put the key down for the moment and clear up your space. And then do it brand new again in the present, not whether you saw this before or not. And just see what turns out the next time. And do this three or more times. And you'll find, you know, you'll, you'll once you get like, Oh, all three times or three out of five times, you get the same image, the same person. Pretty much you're going to start to recognize, you know, I I better start to trust myself. (laughs) And whereas if you get some different, completely different people each time, then you know, okay, there's, there's a lot of stuff that's coming up in you so it's each time you can clear it and each time you clear it and each time you clear it and then then do it and soon sooner or later you'll get enough of all your your bias and in your expectations and and wishful thinking and whatever fears you get that cleared out of the way then you'll get neutral enough and then you do it and when you do it multiple times three or four times and you get the same person each time after that point, then you ought to have a, enough certainty of going. You know what? This uh, I'm getting. I'm so much more neutral, and I'm getting it. The other thing, you could do that first and see how far you get. And then, once you get to a certain point with that, you can call on your psychic friend, and even if they're on the phone, have them take a look at look at you doing this, and each time. Have them watch your aura, watch your energy, and see how your energy changes, and and have them specifically look at are you, you know how neutral you are each time you give an answer, 
and you just give an answer. Okay, this is description of who I see. And then this time, you clear your whole space and do it again. This is who I see now. And each time, let them tell you afterwards, oh, this time, this is what I saw. This time, when you did that, this is what I saw. And you'll start to notice a pattern in what they see about you. And that should also help you get some more neutrality, too. Another thing, too, is... thank you. When you're reading an object, and this would be true for anything, actually, you know, this is a key that only you have handled since you've had it, right? So you've handled it, but then the key maker handled it, and whoever made the key, uh, you know, the thing before it was made into a key, you know, the the form of a key, and then the metal that uh, got melted and, and so on and so forth. So there's a lot of what I call... Uh, there's a lot of noise on these things. Mm-hmm. So, have you ever been in a really noisy room where it's hard to hear any, you know, conversation? But if you just got yourself quiet and you weren't talking to someone and you just tuned in, you could tune into a conversation at the other side of the room if you wanted to. You know, just it's just so you know you you get into the center of your head and listen. You can hear that conversation way over there, even though if you're in your normal state, you don't really hear anything. Because just it's a, all noise. It's all noise. And yeah. it's like that with reading the energy. It's the intent of, you know, pushing everything else out of the way and just focusing on yes. the one energy that you're looking for. And if you're in that state of desperation or even anger, um, it, it's going to be difficult. And anger is kind of a funny thing with stolen objects. You know how stolen objects are called hot you know, this object is hot because it's been stolen. That's because it's got the, the owner's anger in it. You know, the person is discovers that they've lost this item and they're angry. And, you know, hot means to people, okay, I stole this from someone else and I'm going to sell it to you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I can spot, you know, when somebody hands me an object and it's been stolen from someone else, I can tell in a, in a heartbeat because you can really feel that energy. And it's also <clears throat> the emotions of the person who's doing the stealing. They yes. might, on the outside, they might be cool and calculated and, you know, I, I'm doing this <laughs> professionally type of a thing. But underneath... Why would somebody do that in the first place? They got a lot of anger, a lot of fear, a lot of desperation, all kinds of stuff. Or they're possessed. And, and they're, they're entitled. They feel, you know, they have to make themselves entitled. Well, I deserve this more than she does type of a thing. Yeah. But the other thing that's really important for you and your healing from this whole thing and your growth from this whole experience is to meditate and maybe do this even before you do the other psychometrizing is look at what's really important for you with this to get the money back, to nail the person who did it, to, to just be free of the whole thing. You know, what, what's really the most important part of, part of what you would like to get from this experience of yours and what is it that you're to learn from having this experience yourself and when you look at that and set that up it's it's a creative thing you're very creative so you can create okay you know how to create a mock-up so create the mock-up for what is this what's the main purpose for this experience for you and to to get enough certainty to get 
all your money back or to clear karma to clear karma you know what kind of karma did you have with with this person or do you and and so mm. this is an opportunity to really address all of those things in, in yourself clear the deck and you'll come out of it way ahead no matter what ends up to be Did that answer your question Yes, thank you. Yeah, I I would love the money back, but I realize that <laughs> that's not. That's, it's more if I'm safe or not. Because if it is a person yes. next door, yeah, and it's a personal thing, then I then I worry about my safety and my daughter's safety. So that that's yes. the most pressing. But I'll also look at it clairvoyantly and see, you know, if yeah. there's karma to clear. Yes, um, and once you clear all that stuff, and look at if safety is is the main thing, don't look at the you know being afraid of whether you're safe or not, but create the safety. So if you create the safety and you can have it for you and your daughter living there, it doesn't matter who did it. It's, they're, they're not going to be able to get past that, especially if you have your certainty of this is, this is your life. You don't have to solve their problem. The other person has a problem. That's not your problem to solve. But yours is to create the life that, is that you're looking for for yourself and your daughter. Yep. It's like getting that nudge um, on your shoulder or through your intuition um, about an aspect of your life. A lot of people have that, you know, where you get a little nudge about maybe it's time for you to quit that job or maybe it's time for you to move out of this neighborhood and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And you ignore it and mm-hmm. ignore it and ignore it. And, and then um, the big nudge is, you know, this is the last one before something really disastrous happens. So you have to look at that, too. Mm-hmm. Is is this a nudge for you to move out of that neighborhood? Or is it a nudge for you to really own your space in the new, new way? New way, yeah. yes, absolutely. So thank you very much for calling in. We really appreciate it. Well, I wanted to share one more story um, before we go on our merry way today is talking, Michael was talking about the dowsing with his feet, and I thought that was a really amazing version of psychometry. Because we all, you know, we all have that. We go out to nature and we feel the grass or we stick our feet in the ocean. Well, there's this amazing uh, medium out there by the name of Anthony William. I know a lot of you have heard of him. He's called the medical medium, and his story is pretty amazing. He tells in his book called Medical Medium. And it's about this guide that comes to him when he's four years old and shows up in his life to start guiding him towards what he was born to do this lifetime. And this guide works with him all through his childhood. And when he's starting from about the age of eight, he has this himself as a little boy, eight years old, go to graveyards and stand on a grave and tell the guide what the person in the grave died from. And he was able to do it with incredible accuracy. So, you know, that is a form of psychometry dowsing or, or using your feet chakras. But I, you know, using the hand chakras is the most common way. And then the more, you know, intuitive you are, then you don't need to really use your hands. When I give healings, for instance, I can give a long distance healing and I can tell just by using my hand, scanning from head to toe where the pain is in that person and what's going on. It's pretty amazing. Anyway, 
We're coming to the end of our show, and I need to get my glasses on to read the rest, so hang on just a moment. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Man, we could talk about this one for a long time. <laughs> if you feel that our show helps you, please tell your friends around the world so they may benefit from tuning into our show as well. Make sure to catch us next Wednesday and find out about the relationship between your psychic life and your creative life. That should be great. You can't have one without the other. Tune in and learn how to enjoy and develop both. Remember, too, we'll be giving our next teleclass on this Saturday, September 25th. This is 2021. From 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time in this class, you'll learn to ask, whose problems are you taking home and do psychic energy work to heal yourself from your work-related challenges. Check our website or call our office at 530-926-2650 and Noelle, our fabulous assistant, will tell you everything about what we're doing. And she can also give you details and help you sign up. Until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. We will see you next week. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth.